Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four. And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad. We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media. We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health and maybe laugh a little along the way. So go grab some tea and your favorite cardigan and we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, well, welcome to Selfie. We are going to be talking about um, a listener question specifically about kids and Snapchat. Um, Today in psychology and pop culture, we're going to be talking about a new article on the psychology of our collective scrolling addiction. We're going to do um, a catch up and two thumbs up. And we have a what I want you to know about adopting a child with special needs. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. How are you? How are you this week? I'm, I'm good. Doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're great at this. <laughs> we are. We've done this before. Although it's funny, I am really tired. I will yeah. admit, I am a little mm. tired today. I didn't sleep super great last night. Hmm. I didn't either. <sighs> I was Why up for, for like two hours at two a.m. I have no idea. Okay, so was I. That's really weird. That is okay. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah. What do you do when you're up at two a.m.? Well, I was one of the times. Like typically, if I would just wake up in the middle of the night, I just lay in bed until I fall back asleep Mm -hmm. we were like i'll get up stretch a little bit whatever but last night was i was at a point where i was like do i need to get up and like do something like is this hopeless do i need to read a book or you know (laughs) yeah it was awful yeah 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 why were you up i i had a headache Mm. um but then when i get if i lay in bed for longer than about 20 minutes i I start to kind of spiral yeah mentally Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm never going to sleep. I never, you know, I always have bad sleep, blah, you know. Yep. And so yeah. I then have to just get up. And I always, my routine is I get up and I watch a home show. Oh. Because I'm not invested in that. Now, I usually will fall back to sleep. Yeah. But I have to get my brain focused on something other than my insomnia. Totally. Yeah. What do you have like a go to home show? Well, it, I've run through. A lot of them, yeah. Because my insomnia is pretty bad, mm-hmm. so it was the gains for a while. Yeah, but just love them. I love them too, and they're so peaceful. And and the reason they're a good insomnia show is they're a low drama home show, one hundred percent, which is really rare. Usually, home shows, you know, there's some catastrophe. A lot of them are edited, you know, so that it's like, you know, everything is about to, you know, they're about to come home, and we're not even done, right. But the games right. are just like, what ups? <laughs> they just joke with each other. They're yeah, like it's, never stressed. They're not like, do you watch that one with, or have you seen the one with, what's his, like, his name's like Talek or something? They're like a California couple. They got divorced. Uh-huh. Yes. They're so high drama. <laughs> they're so high drama. Exactly. Most of them really are. <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> so I watched that one. And then now I'm just working my way through the Magnolia Network, which is their channel. Yeah. So yeah. there's another one called For the Love of Kitchens. Ooh. You would actually love that one. Um and so would. they just do really high-end kitchens. Oh. Um I don't actually even love the design of these kitchens. They're a little like old world European for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um it's also a married couple, but they don't live together. 
Oh, interesting. And they're together. Huh. But they just each keep their own house. Huh. Yeah, which I guess is a thing you can do when you're really rich. <laughs> yep. You can do anything. <laughs> right? I'm like, hmm, I like the sound of that. <laughs> But they're also very low drama. It's a, it's actually a very slow show. It's just a lot of cinematography and a lot mm. of like, you know, long artsy shots of their kitchens. So it's yeah. very calming. So I like that one too for sleeping. That sounds great. Hmm. Hmm. Good to know. That's good yeah. to know. Well, how has your week been? How's your mental health been? You know, it's been fine, I guess. I don't know. Like I, I'm in this whole thing of trying to f- figure, and this has been a lifelong thing for me figure out a system of cleaning my apartment yes because i i just go in these spurts of my apartment's either immaculate Mm -hmm. or a trash heap yeah and there's no in between yeah and it's always like a you know a one to two week cycle yeah and i i hate it because it means like every one or two weeks i'm spending like a full morning or a full day cleaning Mm -hmm. when I have the voice of my mom in my head of like, if you clean as you go along, you never have to clean. And <laughs> totally. And so I'm stuck in that cycle again of like, how did my apartment get this? It looks like a dump. And uh, so yeah, so I've been trying to like, surely there's a system, but it's never worked in the past. So now remind me, do you do you see clients from home or do you go to an office? Both. Both. Yeah. So I, I will do... My obviously my in-person clients at the office, but then if I have just a day of virtual sessions, I won't go to the office because I can stay home. (laughs) So one thing that has been strangely helping me with keeping my house clean is, so I see clients at home Mm. and I usually have 10 minutes between sessions. Same. Yeah. And my eye doctor was like, you have to walk away from the screen once an hour. Like, you can't just stare at a screen. And so I have been trying to walk away from the screen in between. I'll just save my notes till the end of the day. Yeah. Because that's kind of their traditional, like, what therapists do in that 10 minutes is we're writing notes. Right, right. So I save the notes. I walk away. And so what I've been doing, because I have that 10 minutes and nothing to do on the computer, I have been cleaning. And it's kind of crazy what you can get done in, like, four to five 10-minute spurts. Sure. So that has been surprisingly, my house is like cleaner than it's ever been. Wow. Just because I'll go, you know, I'll have 10 minutes. So I'll go like tidy the kitchen or I'll go mm-hmm. like put all of my clothes on the chair away. You know, the chair that has yep. all the clothes. Oh, I have like five. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that has been helping me. But I also have to confess the only way my house stays clean is that I have a housekeeper. Yeah. Right. Which is the other option, right? Like, Well, and... Now, I have to say, they don't tidy, right? My bigger issue is tidying. Literally, yeah, same. Right. So I have a housekeeper because it forces me to tidy once a week. That actually would work really well for me. That makes yeah. sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's really it. That's really it. If we're and I there's a there's like an alert in the phone for everyone in the house on Thursday night, clean the house for the housekeepers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. And we have a saying, it's called housekeeper clean, which Mm -hmm. means, because I keep telling my kids, they are not here to pick up your trash. Right. They are here to mop the floor. They are not here to put your shit away. Yep. So when I say housekeeper clean, that means everything needs to be up off the surfaces and put away. 
That's the only way my house stays clean, honestly. Because otherwise, I would be like you, feast or famine. Totally, and that's, I mean that's brilliant because I will clean for guests. Like oh, if there's someone coming over to my house, yes, it, it, it hits the immaculate stage. Yes, but like I don't have people over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, though, I will sometimes, not that I plan parties in order to clean, but I do <laughs> like that it forces me to clean. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But a housekeeper, I mean, yeah. I, th- that raises the stakes. Mm. But I feel like one. there's no day better than the day after a party because yeah. you actually got, you know, all the piles up mm-hmm. <laughs> because people so were coming. Nice. Yeah, I'm like, I live in a magazine. <laughs> yes. Well, and the other thing that forces me to clean is that, you know, we do home exchanges. Right. And we, so I have one coming up next week. I'm going um, to LA, staying downtown LA in someone else's house. Nice. Yeah. So that will force me to clean because a stranger is going to be in my house. Mm-hmm. That helps. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How's How's your week? It's good, but I was I wanted to t- uh, talk about something that I forgot to talk about. Two weeks ago, I talked about my kid going to the ER, mm-hmm. and BJ um, reminded me that I forgot to tell the part about how he was offered an opiate prescription. Right, I remember. Like I almost brought that up, and then I, I know was like, I completely forgot to it, talk but... about it. <laughs> um. So anyway, it was a really interesting experience because I mean he did gash his hand pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they gave him an opiate right away. They, they they gave him one before they had our permission. Mm. And then, yeah, they were going to send him home with a prescription. Um, and I just, I don't know, like having worked in, you know, residential treatment centers, like these are incredibly addictive drugs. Right. And it's funny because I've said something about Twitter about this and someone quipped back, nobody becomes an addict from one prescription. They do. Right. That's not true. Right. People really do. Like right. that is how many people become addicts. Mm-hmm. They can, Then they can't get off of it. And then, you know, then they start doctor hopping. And then when they really can't get it anymore, heroin is the same thing. You know, heroin, mm-hmm. heroin is an opiate. Right. So anyway, I was just, I was just very dismayed that they gave him a prescription and they did not talk to him at all. About the addictive properties. That's that is flabbergasting. I to me. know. Like, I know. Like it's it's one thing to to give someone an opiate. Like I I I guess that makes sense to me. Although giving it to a teen <laughs> doesn't. But like to not talk about right the dangers. Right. It, that feels irresponsible. It does, and I mean, oh, there's a place for opiates, right? right? I mean, for sure. Like when people are in intense pain, mm-hmm. um, but I just feel like it needs to be issued with a major, major warning. Yeah. So anyway, we ended up personally. We chose not to fill the prescription. I I would have if his pain got really bad. Yeah. But it was manageable. He was sleeping, and I just didn't want to deal with. I mean, you know, you can get addicted to it really fast. Yeah. Right. I remember my ex-husband was in a car accident and they put him on morphine and, on a drip. Mm. He and he you know, he needed that. But I remember 3 days in and they started weaning him and he was a mess. Wow. And he was like they had a, there was a button he could push to give it a bump and he would just sit there like pushing the button over and over oh. and over again like he was tweaking. Whew. Yeah. So anyway, 
All that to say, <laughs> be careful when, you know, be careful when you're given prescriptions because opiates, and if you haven't, Dope Sick is such a good show that really shows how quickly people can devolve with these medications. I haven't seen that yet. I've, I've seen it floating around. It's really good. It's mm. really good. I mean, it's it's a little heavy handed. Sure. Um, it's a little after school special, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it is it is a, a good cautionary tale, and it's true. It's a true story mm-hmm. of you know these drug companies basically trying to hide how addictive they are. So, gosh, a little frightening. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you have for two thumbs up today? Yeah, I, this falls into like a kind of a self care thing too. I think nice. But Athletic Brewing Company is an is a I don't know how new they are, but relatively new. They're non alcoholic beers. Which I was wondering where this was going to go because yeah. Athletic Brewing. I'm like, is this Sounds, athletic like- wear or beer? <laughs> where are we going with this? <laughs> Yeah, so non-alcoholic beer, which okay, I am not a beer person. I don't love beer. I I don't really seek it out. Same. But for some reason, I, and I think it's the non-alcoholic part of this. Like I am I am loving these. Hmm. Um because it's a like a non-sweet drink that mm-hmm. I can have in the evening in place of something alcoholic that gives me you know, virtually all the same things, you know, aside from the buzz. Uh, and it, it just feels like a really nice end of day ritual when I don't want to be drinking alcohol. Yeah. And they're like, it's really good. Again, I'm not a beer person. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> I yeah. think it tastes just like beer. I, I have a lot of friends who who do love beer who have tried this and say like, whoa, I wouldn't know this was was not alcoholic. Uh, it's It's pretty amazing. And so it's been really fun and I feel like it has helped me cut back on drinking. <laughs> oh, sure. Right? Because like the other option is is alcohol or like water or sparkling water. Yes. Well water or sparkling water doesn't you know that you know, you want something at the end of the day to just kind of relax with. And and this is filling that spot. Totally. Um, it's been really fun. Yeah. Okay, well, I am going to, for my two thumbs up, I'm going to offer another non-alcoholic okay. drink um, because I also have, um, you know, like there's times when I just want to, like you said, like you don't want to have alcohol, but you want to have that kind of relaxing feeling. Right. Um, so anyway, there's a company called Seedlip. Have you heard of this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Seedlip. Yeah, they make really good non-alcoholic like spirits with uh-huh. heavy on the air quotes. Yeah. Um, but I have, I've, I've tried all of them. Um, the one that I really like, I like spicy. Mm-hmm. And so they have one called um, Spice 94. And it's got like all spice and cardamom, which I love. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good one. And then there's another um, flavor they have called Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you tried that one? I have. Oh my gosh. I really like that one too. It's like rosemary, thyme, mint. It's like a spa in your mouth. It's so good. Yeah. So yeah. when you've done seed lip, what do you use as your mixer? You know, it depends. I, yeah. I've done, you know, like ginger ale or ginger beer. Yes. With the, with the spice one. And, you know, that creates a really nice. Yes. I mean, it's just good. Um, yeah. I'm not a major cocktail person. 
uh, like I love them going out, but I've never gotten into doing it at home. And, yeah. And so even with like seed lip, I like those it just I just don't buy spirits. Um, I, I it's like an aspirational part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be a cocktail person at home, but I'm not. So I've just had them at places. Yes. Uh, or at bars, which I have a hard time paying fifteen to eighteen dollars for a seed lip cocktail. Yeah, that there's a rub there, huh? Yeah, yeah. But the ones I've had have been really good. But I'm also like, I'm paying. <laughs> like this is there's no uh, alcohol in here. Why uh-huh. am I paying a premium cocktail price? Right. Yeah, yeah. Premium <laughs> cocktails are so freaking expensive. They are. <laughs> yeah, and of course they're gonna. I mean, I feel like yeah. If there's no alcohol in it, there should be somewhat of a discount. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's how I feel too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, those are those are both really good options for anybody who's maybe continuing their dry January through February. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or just wanting to cut down. Yeah. Like it's it's nice to have those other options. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Well, our what I want you to know today is from a listener named Elizabeth, and she is sharing about adopting an older child with special needs. What I want you to know is that we are not saints because we adopted an older child with special needs. No, it was not part of our plan to adopt a child with medical exceptionalities. No, we certainly did not have life goals of becoming experts in the field of deaf blindness, gastroesophageal reflux disorder, global delays, language development delay, cerebral palsy, or any of the other specializations that we now carry wherever we go. I want you to know that we did not adopt because it was the only option, but because when our child was profiled and the child protection agencies were seeking a forever family, we could say yes, and we did. I want you to know that when people tell me that we were saints to adopt this child, my heart breaks into a million pieces and I am overwhelmed with gratitude that my child is deaf and cannot hear that I'm a saint for caring for him. I want you to know that I love this child that is identified as such a burden that only a saint would care for him. I want you to know that nothing in the world has ever been as precious to me as this child who holds my hand and forgives me every single time I'm short-tempered with him or don't understand what he's trying to tell me. I want you to know that my life without this child would be empty and the saint you see only exists because my child guided the frightened new mom that started the journey with him. I want you to know that we have suffered and what we have experienced has broken us in ways that are very few understand. And I cannot explain to you the sorrow that is knowing that your child was in pain and has scars from medical procedures that happened before you even knew your child existed. I want you to know that parenting a child with exceptionalities is not the hard part. It's being a special needs parent that is difficult because that's the role that society imposes upon me and defines me by, but which in no way includes my child. I want you to know that I don't pity or regret what my life has become. I want you to know that I always choose my child. I've ended friendships and changed jobs for my son, and I will do it every time I sense a threat to my son. I want you to know that this broken child is the greatest gift my partner Aver gave me. And there is very little as beautiful as watching my partner guide our blind child, watching and protecting for every possible misstep. 
I want you to know that while many parents live in fear that their children will not meet developmental milestones and goals, as parents of exceptional children, we are freed from those fears. We know our kids have to take a different road and that developmental milestones are reached in unique ways. But that means that we get a unique chance to escape the need to do what everyone else is doing. We just get to enjoy the successes. And because our kids often have to work harder to make the typical milestones, we get to stop and really celebrate them rather than simply checking off developmental goals as proof that our child's not delayed or moving on to worrying about the next ones. I want you to know that I am happy. I want you to know that I wouldn't change my child, not because I wouldn't give anything and everything to take away my child's pain or suffering, but because I am inspired and in awe of my child's compassion, generosity, courageousness, lovingness, and inspiration. I want you to know that I love this child and I'm so proud of this child who brings joy into my heart with the slightest smile. I want you to know that the only saint in our family is this child that tolerates with such grace and humor all the indignities and challenges that he has never had any say about. All right, Matthias, you want to read our listener question? Yeah, so this listener uh, is is talking about like their 15-year-old freshman is pushing hard to be able to have Snapchat. So he has zero social media Seems fine with that, except that this year he's feeling on the outside because his friends all talk in groups on Snap. And so this listener is wondering how to enable her son to have connections, but is also curious about Snapchat, knows the least about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems hard to monitor and and is is wondering about that. Matthias, are you on Snapchat? No. Yeah, neither am I. I was a long time ago mm-hmm. like a, it was like a long time ago yeah like back i think when it was still called snapchat it's not even called that anymore right no it's, it's... still called snapchat okay I but they just say just... snap the kids say oh. snap so okay see this is how clueless i am i like i <laughs> i thought they changed the name to snap <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe they did i don't know <laughs> i have no I don't idea know either. i don't know either i i thought it died i didn't even think that it existed anymore so but... you don't have friends on snapchat either I probably do, but... <laughs> but, like, you're not missing out on conversations because you're not on Snapchat. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, same. But I have to say, I, I feel for for this parent, I have two 15-year-olds, and it has taken the place of iMessage for kids. Mm. They it's, it's true. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, my kid is saying that they're missing out on conversations, but I think they're just lying. Like, no, they for sure are. The conversations mm. are happening in Snapchat. That is where the group chats happen. Really? Yes. And and I mean, not just friend groups. Like for my kids, like that's where the football chat happens. That's where the ASB chat, like, you know, clubs are conversing on Snapchat. Huh. So it's a really difficult one because they are, if you don't allow your child to have Snapchat and, and they're a social kid, it is very likely that they're going to be left out of conversations right. and plans. Right. Um, it's um, And my kids, uh, you know, I'm trying to get this from my kids. I'm like, why don't you guys just text? And they're like, that's too intimate. That's like making a phone call now. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Cause you know how? Because you know how it, that did change. Like, yes. we don't make phone calls anymore. Oh no, I hate people calling me. No, yeah. if someone calls me, I'm like, oh, oh, something's really wrong. Right. Right. So that's how they feel about messaging. They're like, no, you just snap each other. Nobody messages anymore. Interesting. All that to say, that part is valid, but mm-hmm. Snapchat is a shit show. Well, right. It was a shit show when I was on yes, it. Yes, it is. And it is unmanageable. Like, if you if your kid has an iPhone, there is not a single thing that you can do to monitor wow. Snapchat. Because they only allow you to be logged in on one phone. So... Like my kids, for example, I let them have Instagram, but they're logged in on my phone also. Mm -hmm. So at any moment, I can toggle over and look at their accounts. Now, I don't do that a lot, but, you know, from time to time I do. Yeah. And I think them just knowing that I can do it. But Snapchat, you know, everything disappears. You can't be logged into their account or really look at it unless you have their phone and you're not going to have their phone in real time. Um, Kids are for sure sharing nudes, sharing, you know, I mean, last year, the football team was sharing, you know, somebody had a girl send them nudes, and they're sharing it with the whole team. So it's a really tough call, I think, for parents. Because it is, you know, if you're wanting your your kid to be socially connected, especially if they have any social, you know, challenges, um, not having them on there could contribute to that. But at the same time, it's really really horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. And mm. then, you know, Snapchat is constantly trying to um push their own content or their creators. Right. And you know, it's an algorithm, so it's like if you're a boy, you watch one like booty shake, you're just going to be served booty shake. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Yep. So, I don't have a clear-cut answer, but I'll say what I've done with my kids. One of my kids has Earned the right to have Snapchat. Oh, huh. One. Earned the right. Say more about that. Um, Because they have shown me trustworthiness on other, like on Instagram and on iMessage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made a good case for it. Um, and the other children have not made great choices. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say. So, and, you know, I am also a big proponent and I think every parent should do this. Whatever social media your kid is on, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, look at what their algorithm looks like. You'll know right away what they're doing on the app by just Mm -hmm. looking at what their algorithm shows them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's funny. I was watching a TikTok the other day where, you know, some pastor was saying like, TikTok is just girls, you know, showing their boobs. And this lady was like, it's an algorithm, sir. (laughs) I saw that one. I don't get that. (laughs) I don't get anything like that. Um, Yeah, I would lean towards no on Snapchat for teens. Mm -hmm. But again, I have allowed one to have it. Yeah. And I do check it. I I check it. I would say I check it once a week. Yeah. Just to kind of see like, what does their algorithm look like? what what big groups are they in but a a big group of teenagers on a disappearing group chat mm-hmm. is a recipe for not good stuff right yeah right really not good stuff 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one. It is. Mm. Well, let's talk about this article about the psychology of scrolling addiction. Yeah, this one was so interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're talking about... It. The, the the reality of yeah addiction scrolling but but how do we get sucked in mm-hmm. and, and then how does it affect our work especially when we know we're supposed to be doing something else and we turn to our phone yeah absolutely yeah. i mean do you do you, do you have a problem with that Kristen? a hundred percent i do same right like it's so real it's so real yeah, it is so real. I mean, I actually, even prior to seeing this article, um, I had reinstalled screen time on my phone for myself. Mm. Yeah. Um, which, you know, going back to the teen thing again, I just cannot recommend enough that parents put limits on their kids' screen time on their phones. Mm-hmm. So whether you're going to give them Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, give them 30 minutes, maybe 15 you know, mm-hmm. like they can't mm-hmm. handle just a free for all. I can't handle right. a free for all. Right. Yeah. You know, like they, I, I don't know, handing a kid a phone with that level of stimulation and then being like, but use it judiciously. <laughs> no, that's not, that's like handing a toddler a bag of Skittles and being like, don't eat the whole thing, you know? Right. Right. No, they're, they're going to struggle. Um, so yeah, I have a big struggle with with it. I had put screen time back on my own phone, which I have on all my kids, and just given myself limits. Yeah, I mean, I it's just it is so truly addictive. And I, what I really appreciated about this article, which we will link up, of course, um, it just they really did the research, and it I just relate to all of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. I mean, because because they were talking about the. I mean, this is not the language they use, but kind of the uh, almost like confirmation bias of when you're watching a video and another similar video pops up, you're like some percentage more likely to just continue to watch videos if it's the same topic. And I mean, that was so interesting to me because I I know that like I'll get stuck in a YouTube hole or Instagram hole or whatever Mm -hmm. and just watch a billion videos. Yes. But if something different pops up, I'll, I'll likely opt out because I'm like, I don't really care about that. Like, yes, I was learning about this one thing. And yeah, I think what's so insidious too about things like TikTok is that, you know, you don't set an intention for how long you're going to do it. Right. And there's not really, there's not an end, right? Like if you watch a TV show, it, it ends. Yep. But with TikTok, it's like you could just endlessly scroll and you're incentivized and habituated to doing that. So mm-hmm. it take like the inertia is to stay. 100%. And, and it and takes something to stop. To stop, right. It, and even when the like little, hey, you've been watching for an yeah. hour, people pop up. Mm-hmm. It, like th- There's almost like a thrill of being like, I don't care. You're Swipe. not the boss of me. <laughs> right. Like I can do whatever I want. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean i just noticed myself i mean i this was a topic of conversation i think this is one of our first selfie topics two years ago was this mm-hmm. you know scroll addiction to scrolling and i have not mastered it i don't i, I would honestly be really cu- curious to hear we should talk about this in the group like i would really be curious to hear from people who feel like they've mastered it 
Yeah, I'd be interested too, because the only people I know who I think have mastered it are the people who have switched like almost back to dumb phones. Yeah. Like like I have yeah. friends who have switched back to phones that can only text and yes. call. Yes. And I mean, my issue too is well, number one, I do have to do some work on Insta you know, Instagram. Right. But I also I really enjoy TikTok. Like I really mm-hmm. like it. Yep. So yeah. I don't want to give it up completely. No. And and what these this has been interesting. What what my friends who've done this have done is is they keep like an iPod touch or an iPad. Yeah. Where they still have Instagram, yes. TikTok, all those things. They still have all of them. They're still posting on them, but it's a separate different device that you don't have. Like you have to intentionally go pick it up and use it instead of having it on your phone that's with you all the time. Okay, this is interesting because I actually had that very thought and I was going to take one of my kids' old iPads. We have old iPads. Yeah. And I was going to put TikTok on that yeah. and I was going to put it keep it on my I have a treadmill. Yep. And I was going to keep it on my treadmill and allow myself to watch TikTok on the treadmill. But um you can't put TikTok on an iPad. Wait, I have it on my iPad. You do? Yeah. I, I, I only have TikTok on my iPad. I don't have it oh, on my phone. Well, I need to relook at this then. I don't know why. I huh. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I haven't used it in months. Maybe I'm, but I also, you know how when you go to the app store, it'll say like iPad and then you can toggle over to iPhone only. Yes. I do think that's what I it think was. I failed to do that. Okay. I'm yeah. going to do that. That's a really, I'm glad to know that. I'm going to try right. that again because yeah, that cause does make a ton of sense to just have it on a separate device. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have TikTok on my phone. That's the only one I don't have on my phone. Yeah. So I'm stuck in all the other apps, but TikTok particularly, iPad only. I smart. have to go get my iPad. Yeah. So smart. Okay. It does limit things. Yes. I'm doing that too. And then I'm going to keep it on my treadmill in the garage. (laughs) Then I won't be looking at it in bed, which is the real problem. That's real. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear what other people are doing though. Yeah. Me too. Hey, thanks for listening. Just a heads up. We're therapists, but we're not your therapists. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. And by making it, we're not rendering psychological or other professional services. If you need therapy, we recommend you track down someone to help. Join us online for more of the conversation in our Selfie Community Facebook group or on Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. 